0: Our reading for May 24th comes from Exodus 5, chapters 1 to 2, and chapter 7, verses 8 to 23. After Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, so that they may celebrate a festival to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should heed him and let Israel go? I do not know the lord and i will not let israel go the lord said to moses and aaron when pharaoh says to you perform a wonder then you shall say to aaron take your staff and throw it down before pharaoh and it will become a snake so moses and aaron went to pharaoh and did as the lord had commanded aaron threw down his staff before pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers. And they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and they became snakes. But Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning, as he is going out to the water. Stand by at the river bank to meet him, and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you to say, Let my people go, so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now you have not listened. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. See, with the staff that is in my hand I will strike the water that is in the Nile, and it shall be turned to blood. The fish in the river shall die, the river itself shall stink, and the Egyptians shall be unable to drink water from the Nile. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over its rivers, its canals, and its ponds, and all its pools of water, so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout the whole land of Egypt, even in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. In the sight of Pharaoh and of his officials, he lifted up the staff and struck the water in the river, and all the water in the river was turned into blood, and the fish in the river died. The river stank, so that the Egyptians could not drink its water, and there was blood throughout the whole land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians had to dig along the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink the water of the river. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not even take this to heart. And all the Egyptians had to dig along the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink the water of the river. Theologian Walter Brueggemann tells about Martin Niemöller, the German pastor who heroically opposed Adolf Hitler, who was a young man when, as part of the delegation of leaders of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, he met with Hitler in 1933. Niemöller stood at the back of the room and looked and listened. He didn't say anything. When he went home, his wife asked him what he had learned that day, and Niemöller replied, I discovered that Herr Hitler is a terribly frightened man. It's all about fear. Fear is what sends tyrants like Pharaoh and Hitler scrambling to gain control of everything they see. Fear is a heart disease that can only be cured by the good news of an abundant God. Prior to today's readings, the books of Genesis and Exodus set the stage for the plagues. Joseph, the beloved son of Jacob, is sold into slavery and delivered to Egypt. There, he becomes an asset to Pharaoh because his dreams predict the blessings and challenges before them. Specifically, he predicts a famine in the land, but only after years of abundance. So Pharaoh, in his fear of the future, accumulates and gains control of the abundance so that he can also have control during the famine. And as the drought expands, Joseph's family comes to Pharaoh for help and is granted a place to live in Egypt. And all seems to go along just fine, except the generations of Jacob continue to multiply. They literally swarm throughout Egypt, and this causes Pharaoh to fear. As the years pass, Pharaoh fears that the Hebrews may very well overpower him and his people, so he makes them slaves, again controlling abundance for his own pleasure and safety. He even goes so far as to demand that the midwives kill all the male babies born to the Hebrews. But the women fear God more than Pharaoh, and the babies keep coming, including Moses. But we'll talk about him in a few weeks. Now, all of this happens over the course of about 400 years. Finally, God hears the cries of the people and sends this same Moses along with his brother Aaron to convince Pharaoh to let the Hebrews go so that they can worship God in the wilderness. But Pharaoh admits he doesn't know this God and he doesn't care. Moses shows signs. Pharaoh's magicians do the same. Moses turns the Nile into blood, cutting off not only the water and food supply, but also cutting away one of the Egyptian's gods. But Pharaoh just turns his back and goes into his palace, where he has whatever he needs. He turns his back on Moses. He turns his back on God. He turns his back on his own people, leaving them to scramble and dig in order to find drinkable water in the land. As long as Pharaoh isn't personally inconvenienced, he doesn't bother to listen. He doesn't need to listen. His concern is of himself only because he is a tyrant. He has a heart disease. He suffers from the crazy fear of scarcity. Now, I had the pleasure of hearing theologian Ellen F. Davis talk about Pharaoh this week. She commented that there are three different kinds of fear. Crazy fear natural fear and holy fear. Crazy fear is just as it sounds, the kind of fear that allows one to leave all sense of community, the kind of fear that pits one against all others, the kind of fear that fuels tyrants and narcissists. Crazy fear is a fear like Pharaoh's, focused on scarcity, focused on saving himself. Natural fear is a kind of fear the Hebrews had, It is the very real fear of being hungry, of being abused, of being singled out because of who or what you are or where you come from. It is a fear of someone who is gay or trans coming out to parents or communities. It is the kind of fear that leads a black man to wear a t-shirt that says, I'm just exercising, so don't shoot. That's a logical and legitimate fear for one's life. It's also a fear that when push comes to shove, gives us cause to push back. And that's where holy fear steps in. The midwives of the Hebrews had holy fear, knowing the love of God is bigger than the threat of Pharaoh. It is a fear that births hope. The kind of hope Moses' mother showed when she and his sister launched Moses into an unknown future. The kind of hope Pharaoh's daughter showed when she took that same baby into her home and raised a compassionate man within the walls of a tyrannical leader. It is the kind of hope that pushes us to do better for creation, to wear masks to the stores and wait to come back to regular worship. The kind of hope that fights for living wages and renewable energy and compassion for the immigrant. Holy fear is the absolute opposite of crazy fear because it is born from the love of God. Paul says in his famous love chapter in 1 Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth. It is the antithesis of Pharaoh's tyrannical and self-serving shriveled heart. Now you may notice now that Pharaoh is never named throughout the stories in Genesis and Exodus. The position spans the story for over 400 years, filled by different men, but all with the same heart, the same crazy fear, the same me-first symptoms. That's because Pharaoh is an archetype of a tyrant, self-delusional, self-idolatrous, erratic, rage-prone, disconnected from reality, and only hearing his own voice. He doesn't care how badly his people are hurt by his decisions. He continues to pit himself against the God of Israel. But he is more than just a crazy tyrant. Because he isn't given a name, he is more than just an historical figure. He becomes the archetype for the whole Egyptian empire and for all empires, whose destructiveness takes no notice of the human life and ecological cost in its wake. Friends, we have seen the enemy, and it is us. Maybe not necessarily as individuals, but corporately. Davis suggests that the only hope of being liberated from the ecological, economic, social, racist, divisive, ugly mess that we have created is to summon the courage and humility to recognize the ways in which our culture as a whole is a corporate pharaoh. Healing our heart disease is a matter of finding and the political and social will to stop the economic and social practices that wreak destruction at a pharaonic scale. The cure to this crazy fear is a holy fear, born of hope and love. It is a healthy fear that challenges our ways of behaving as if we created the world and it should bow to our power. Holy fear is empowering, not paralyzing. It is a fear that doesn't act necessarily for the good of myself, but for the good of all creation. We need only look to the cross to see holy fear at work. Self-giving under a self-serving empire. Compassionate under corrupt leadership. Forgiving under a shame-focused culture. Hopeful under tyrannical and crazy fear. This, my friends, is the hope and call of the people of God. To live in holy fear as a counter-narrative to a world longing for abundant life. It won't be found as long as we scramble for it, kicking and clamoring, pushing aside others, and taking care of ourselves first. This abundant life and the story it tells is a story of God. It is a story of a wedding banquet where all are invited. The story of the prodigal son welcomed home. The story of lepers healed. The blind who see. The lame who walk. The people freed from tyranny. It is a story of God's love unleashed in this world. This is a story I want to tell. Amen.